Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm delighted to be joined by JP Mason. Normally JP, we're a trio, normally we Declan is with us but he's uh, got a Bosman transfer to Tuesday so <laughs> we are awaiting his replacement. Hopefully we can do the business a wee bit quicker than Celtic and <laughs> the replacement will be in before January, I'm pretty sure. How's your week been JP? Pretty good man, uh, just uh, readjusting to normality and Playing, playing football, uh, working gigs, going to gigs. I was at the Barrowland last night for the first time since April the second, twenty nineteen, um, and it was uh, it was some buzz. We went to see the Snuts, um, the third of their 
three sold out nights at, uh, at the Barrowlands, which was an unbelievable achievement, especially as they're from just along the road from where I'm from. I I'm obviously grew up in Bathgate, so they're Whitburn loopy and uh, it's, uh, you know, Whitburn's not the, been the sort of cultural hot pot of uh, musical talent over the years, so to see a band from them from there do that last night was amazing. And I was at Livingston on uh, on Sunday as well. Mm. Uh, you might get into that one. <laughs> <laughs> it was an arduous journey to get there. I DJed a wedding on Saturday night in uh, in Lukers in a place called the Rind, which is just outside Lukers. And uh, I put a tweet out to see if there was any Dundee supporters buses that were going because I was staying at my mates in Dundee uh, on Saturday night. He very kindly picked me up. Cheers, Adam. Um, and uh, there was no supporters buses travelling from Dundee to uh, <laughs> to Livingston. So I had to get service buses because there was no trains. So service bus from Dundee to Glenrothes, Glenrothes to Dunfermline. And when I got to Dunfermline, oh, I started... Gosh. I know... Started, I started contemplating in Dunfermline a taxi from Dunfermline to Livingston. Now, you might know the cost that that would entail, but uh, 65 quid was what I was quoted. Uh, My word. And you I, just phoned me. <laughs> bear in mind, I was trying to meet Declan, who had my ticket, because uh, um, my pal had given Declan my ticket the night before, so... Aye, uh, it was an interesting one. I got there, I got Dunfermline to Livingston, got there at 20 to 3, um, and having left uh, Dundee at 11.37, so quite a trek, get there and then watch probably one of the worst Celtic games I've ever seen in my life. Well, <laughs> so. you brought it up, JP, so you know, let's, let's run with that first and foremost. That shows you the dedication of Celtic fans from all over the place, obviously, no, I Irish... I don't go to games apparently, you know. I'm, I'm just, I'm oh, just a, a guy, you know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> what do you know? Um, and obviously, our, our massive Irish fan base who come over uh, for the games as well, they're, they're getting up dead early to get through. I thought it was bad enough traveling through for Fife sometimes, but uh, obviously not as bad as the trip you've just had. And we've got people like um, friends of the podcast coming up from London on a weekly basis, coming up from Redden. If you're watching, uh, Nikki, you know, big shout out to you as well, coming up from the Redden CS see and all over the country trains planes and automobiles just to get to Celtic Park or the away venue and it was actually uh, commented on by Joe Hart in relation to the fact that we had the three stands at an away ground it's the first time he's seen it Um, Ange Postacoglu also commented on it as did David Turnbull and you know they said they wanted to send the fans home happy that didn't happen on Sunday this is the first opportunity you've had JP on Axom to talk about where it all went wrong Um, we've been talking about it all week I think that um, some of the the broadcasts have been criticised for being too harsh and too critical other ones have been described as balanced what's your take on it? JP, you've had a few days to, to think about Sunday's performance and, of course, the result. We're sitting here uh, the day of the League Cup quarter final against Wraith Rovers, and we'll talk about that later. What's your thoughts on Sunday? Uh, do we have an issue? Ange Postacoglu doesn't think um, it's a form issue, it's a results issue. I found that a wee bit strange when he came out with that one. Uh, well, I mean, we lost to a team who were bottom of the league who hadn't won in... 12 games or something like that uh, and they had a team with Jason Holt in midfield now, those, mm-hmm. no disrespect to Jason Holt but it's, it's just it was embarrassing it was, I, I, I stood there 
looking around that ground, which I've and I've been at that ground, you know, a lot over the years. Um, my uh, my my pal uh, and his dad were big Livingston, are big Livingston fans, and have been since the the birth of Livingston. So. I sometimes went along with them uh, if Livingston were playing and Celtic weren't. I'd go along and watch Livingston uh, in the early days. We're talking like Jim Leishman, so like David Bingham playing, um, you know, guys like... uh, Fernandes. Aye, just a a wee bit before Fernandes. So it was like when they were... I'm talking when they were in like the third division and second division and stuff like that. So, you know, they, they had a decent team and they had the momentum and everything and then obviously they got into the the Premier League but I mean I, I was just looking around at the three stands and thinking we've got three full stands here they can barely fill one and they're beating us 1-0 <laughs> and we've got like you know the the, 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 the disparity in wages and you know transfer fees and everything else you're just thinking how how is this possibly happening mm-hmm. and uh, my mate who's a my mate Scott is a, a big Levy fan texted me afterwards and just you know was like what happened and I went well I, I actually don't know I don't I, I think we just seemed so as, as it's been mentioned a lot that we thought we could just play football to get out of it and it was clear that wasn't going to work we had to you know adjust and but we didn't have the personnel to adjust we didn't have guys in there with you know it's a bit cliched but with dig and you know that would just sort of you know, battle us through that game and get us out of there with, you know, at least a point. You know, when they scored, I was I, I actually started thinking I'd take a point from this. And right, mm-hmm. right now, I'd take a point. Um, and the way the other game went, you know, you you were you would have taken a point because it would have just meant, you know, we were itchy peachy, the same as where we were before. But uh, it, it didn't work out like that, and I it, it was it was a sorry sorry watch. At no point did I get excited. At no point did I really think we were going to score here. I, I, mm-hmm. I just I, I was sitting next to a guy from Bathgate who who'd, who'd come along the roads and got a ticket outside the ground. Um, a bit older than me, um, went to the same primary school. I, I obviously didn't know him. We knew some some of the same people, and the two of us were just stood dumbfounded at what we were watching. It, it wasn't in any way rip-roaring, free-scoring, but it was boring. Yeah, it was pretty boring. Yeah. We'll talk, uh, uh, there's a few aspects of that game I want to bring up, and one of the things you mentioned there was um, we didn't have the personnel, and that is one of the you know, the considerations that we really need to raise. Uh, when we're in a scenario where you take, you go down one nothing, 25 minutes into the game, you expect, you know, if an hour into the game nothing's changed, uh, then you're going to have to make that change, be that personnel or shape or um, just the style of your play. Um, that didn't seem to happen, and that was a concern for me. And people are saying, well, you know, Andrews doesn't have the personnel. I got that feeling big time when we were playing Real Betis, and, you know, we didn't make a, a great deal of change during that game. But when you're looking at the bench against Betis, you can understand why. There was absolutely no offensive kind of options on the bench, JP. There was no strikers on the bench. There were three players sitting on that bench who had never played competitively for Celtic. Um, So I get that. absolutely do. Um, Against Livingston, there are other changes you could have made. I mean, yesterday I was... uh, I was talking to one of our contributors and the discussion was along the lines of, you know, to change the game, 
some people you're watching it and you instinctively think it needs to be an offensive change, JP. You need to throw on a creative player. You need to throw on a striker. Not always. I mean, a change could have been Ralston and Montgomery, who you know going forward have been pretty impressive for Celtic. I don't think we were getting enough from Abada and Yota. I think that they have shown up in the last few weeks as being players who don't do you know, that defensive work that well so far, JP. I'm not saying that that's part of their game that's not going to improve. Mm-hmm. And you think of the last season who we had in maybe on the right and on the left, Christy and El Yunusi, who were pretty good at that. They were pretty good at getting the ball back, um, you know, you know, in the attacking um, half of the park or the attacking third. So that's, that is an issue that we really need to, to look at. You then look at the options behind those players. Um, you know, Forrest coming back in and on the left-hand side, Mikey Johnson, who made an appearance. Um, how is their defensive play? Because in order for us uh, to to beat a team like Livingston, that that you, you called it dig earlier on, that is part and parcel of the game. You know, you've got to actually win the ball. And I'm looking at Yota and Abada, and I've not seen a great deal of that from them. Does that concern you slightly? Because there's a lot more fixtures like the one we've seen on Sunday to come. Uh, it does concern me. It concerns me that the, the names you just mentioned there of previous substitutes, you know, like Christie, like El Yunusi. El Yunusi is now playing uh, semi-regularly for a, an English Premier League team, you know. And Christie, you know, whether you want to criticise Christie or not and the club that he's chosen to go to in Bournemouth, Bournemouth are, you know, a championship team playing at a decent level. He's playing, you know, I, I think I looked at their lineup recently and they've got some decent players alongside him and he's playing for them. So look, and then you're saying we could have brought on Montgomery and Ralston to change the game. And that, I don't like talking about this sort of downsizing thing because I don't, I don't subscribe to the fact that there's been a tactical downsizing of Celtic. I just think it's been poor decisions and poor uh, transfer activity that has led us align to the fact that we, we chased a manager for four months and then, he backed out and we had to sort of, you know, rip it up and start again at the very last minute. So the fact that you're quote and I heard you say that about Ralston and Montgomery and I was like, that kind of just rang a huge alarm bell in my head going, that that is that is our options right now. That is yeah. what we have, you know, potentially to come on. And I looked at Beaton as he was warming up, he was right in front of me and I just I just looked at Beaton and I was like, What are you gonna do when you come on? You're you're not going to change the game in a way to affect it in terms of you you've got screamers in your locker. I know he scored a couple of goals over the over the course, but he, he wasn't the type of guy that was going to come. And I saw him, I saw him at one point at a corner kick, like like clapping his hands and rallying the troops. And I'm like, near Beaton is rallying our troops. That is what's happening. A guy that's played 238 games in eight years at Celtic. Mm-hmm. He is the guy that is rallying our troops. And it, it just, it made me even more deflated about the scenario that I was in, in Amund Vale, Tony Macaroni, whatever it's you know called, and just looking at a half full Livingston stand and three stands of us, and that's mm-hmm. what's happening on the pitch. It was just, it was mental. I'm expecting, I will work my way through the comments, I'm expecting some people to, to say, you know, what is Dykes talking about? Changing the game with Ralston Montgomery. My thinking with that, JP is Montgomery likes to run at players. I mean, yes, he, he does have very good defensive attributes. I think even the, the lost art of tackling, he's very good at that. And, um, you know, physically, I don't think he looks like uh, much of a threat. But actually, when you watch him, 
you know, in terms of winning the ball back. He's very good at it. But he runs, he runs at players. It's, it's a different challenge for their right back um, to contend with. So too would have been the switching of a bad on Yota. That I find that quite puzzling when both of those players can play right and left. Why don't just you, you give their fullback something different to think about? You know, especially with a batter who I don't think has been that effective in the last few games that he's played. The last two or three games he's played, he's been very quiet. Um, so switch him over, see if he gets more joy at the right back rather than the left back. And with Ralston, uh, yeah, he is definitely a player who, for me, he's an honest pro, but he's a guy who would give you that that dig that you're talking about. He knows this this fixture. He knows this uh, that this the, the circumstances of playing Livingston, who have got nine ten men behind the ball. And one thing that he does very well is hit the line and get a crossover. You know, he does do that. And I know that we did get a lot of crosses into the box, but Ralston's particularly good at that. Well, he got a goal in Spain, and you know, people criticised his performance prior to that, but. He found a bit of form in the last 15 minutes of that game that got us a goal. And it was his determination and drive in the box to win that header. It was a brave header, stuck his head in and got it. And uh, that that allowed us, you know, to maybe have a slight opportunity of maybe getting a point uh, yeah. from that game, which at one point when it was 4 2, you were thinking this is going to go 5 6 7. Um, so Ralston coming on at a latter part of the game could have been the catalyst to... And again, it sounds absolutely insane to be thinking that Anthony Ralston, a guy who's not played anywhere near the amount of games he should have done for his level of time at the club, um, you know, that that guy could have come on and, and made a difference and got us a point. And, and again, got us a point. You know, that I know. It's, it's absolutely baffling to think that we're scraping around. And I know that, you know, Kev said and other people have said, you know, oh, these things are going to happen. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. I mean, really, to Livingston at home, away, you know, with three stands, I don't, I don't think that is a... I don't think... I know we've struggled there. I know that we haven't won there since 2007 or whatever. But going in... Going into those previous games, Livingston have always had had a bit of form, and that you know that's what I said to my mate Scott. I was like, you you know, in the past there's been momentum going into the games, and Livingston have had a decent run, but I mean they're going in on Sunday and not chaos or disarray, but I mean the, you were starting to be question marks about the manager probably, and then you've seen him celebrate on the sidelines like he's won a cup and stuff like that, and then 
and then they go and throw goals into the net last night at Ibrox. <laughs> like, right, see the big thing as well though, JP, and I know that there has been the addition of a, a, sta- a staff member behind the scenes, we were talking about it yesterday. Um, when we know that we have an issue with a particular team, when we know that we find it difficult to go to a particular stadium, then you should be able to, prior to that game obviously, already deal with these issues. They shouldn't be coming as a surprise at 25 minutes when you go a goal down. It shouldn't be a surprise 70 minutes in when you're looking at your bench thinking, oh, how do I, how do I change this? That should all be in place. All the contingencies should be in place. And I think that becomes quite frustrating. And I'm hoping that with the addition um, of the new member of staff who is Anton McElhone. Talking to Antons, I'm going to be mentioning another Anton in a few seconds, not Rogers. Uh, Anton McElhone, who is the head of sports science. We're hoping that some more staff members come in so that, you know, I'm not going to say we weren't prepared for it, but we kind of approached that game as we always do at Livingston and we got, you know, the same result. And it's about time that we maybe changed the approach there. Um, That is gone. I don't think there are too many more slip-ups like that if we want to be challenging for the league title. JP on Axom, if I'm not on it, I'm behind the camera making sure that it's all working. So I know everything that's said on Axom and at no point has anybody commented that Ange should be relieved of his duties or anywhere near that. I've not seen the knee-jerk that a lot of people think is happening here. Um, Maybe it's happening in the comments, maybe it's happening elsewhere. But one thing's for sure, I don't think any manager is beyond criticism. You take all the mitigating circumstances into consideration, JP, but that's not the be-all and end-all. So when I'm hearing um, Ange at the the kind of pre-match press conference, I I do find Ange very watchable. I do do like the cut of his jib, as it were. Um, And he says, I didn't have a great day in the office, mate. And you know when he calls somebody mate, that he isn't actually thinking, mate. Mm. He didn't have a, a great day in the office, but you can't have too many of those throughout a season. You know, I remember a couple of seasons now ago uh, when we went to Olivia and they beat us 2 0, and London Knights gave Julian a torrid time of it. And there's that picture because Neil Lennon hooks off Scott Brown, the captain, and you're just thinking, oh no, we're devoid of ideas here. We were able to turn it around that season, we won the league that season, but I had the same kind of feeling. It was almost as if they've got the beating of us. And they shouldn't have the beating of us. You're not entitled to to beat anyone. That isn't being disrespectful, JP. You're talking about a disparity. And even though you've got a new manager and even though there's been a huge turnover of players, even though we've got about 10 guys on the sidelines unfit um, and injured, we still should have enough in the locker um, to come away with something from that game. Do you agree? Yes. Uh, but like, like you said, to give him a bit of slack in... In normal times, had he come in, you know, had he come in at the right time and had been allowed to, to, and the squad had been managed better in the last, say, 18 months, two years, I think I think he would have been better equipped to deal with that game yesterday. Even uh, just so the striker, even just the striker scenario, JP. We've, scenario. we've lost four, we've brought two in. I know, I mean, like, Eddie's down there tearing it up with Crystal Palace scoring two in his debut. And, oh, I mean, that that's, I mean, I'm, as much as anybody can say anything about Odds and Edward, I'm pleased for him that he scored those goals. And, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard when you lose a player that's been so good for you. But, you know, he did a lot of good things for Celtic. And um, so, fair play to him. But, like, that leaves us so short. You know, when you're looking at the lineup for to, for tonight, 
and it's only a Yeti. There's nobody. There's no other option. I think maybe the um, uh, Giamakis is going to be hopefully involved because he's obviously been training. So you'd like to think he'd be at least on the bench. So that kind of bolsters that a bit. But he wasn't about on Sunday against Livingston, so we didn't have that option. And mm-hmm. yet he wasn't getting any real joy. Um, so I think I think it, I I mean there was the the two 0 game against Livingston. Was that not when Christie got sent off in the first half? Yeah. Yeah, I, it was. I, I was there as well. I was at that, and that was that was horrible because it was a a moment of madness from Christie, and then we were ten men for what three quarters of the game or something like that. So, I mean that that one you can you can allow for that for the for being ten men, but but Sunday we had a full quota, and it just honestly felt like we could have played another half an hour and not scored. And no, we would never we, figured it out. Yeah, you get those games from time to time, but it, it was a bit concerning. Just because the window's shut, you know, we've got no opportunity to, to go and uh, get anybody else now until January. So, you know, we're just kind of all kind of on the edge of our seats, hoping that no, no other big injuries come along. I mean, McGregor's going to be back. I think they said he's going to be back after the international break next month. Mm-hmm. So he's missing a, a chunk of games, European games, you know, where he's been, you know, pretty good in Europe, you know, Callum yeah. McGregor. Um, and, and we're we're not playing we're playing by our labour pressing, do you know what I mean? We're not playing any this isn't the qualifiers now, this is the the, the meat and drink. It's the real deal now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I've got I don't know if you managed to catch yesterday's show, JP. I know you're a busy man. Uh Peter Levery is asking um if there's any more prizes today. Great crack yesterday. Well, I wasn't planning to, but it's just occurred to me that other than the match day, I won't be back on the Axon Bulletin until next Thursday. Because mm-hmm. I was only standing in um, yesterday for Colin Watt, and I'm going to do that thing where you break the the, the fourth wall and ask Kelvin, who's our videographer here at Axon. Kelvin, Kelvin, hello, Kelvin. Look at that; he's so engrossed in his work that he can't even. Yeah, the thing is, now that I've been in the studio, I know what you're looking at, and I know where he is. He does exist. Stuff. He does exist. Just for the benefit of the doubt, he is there. Um, <laughs> could you give me that shamrock top, the one that we've got the Axon crest on? Just because Paddy asked for it, right? We've got another two jerseys. I'm going to throw another one out there uh, because it was a big, a good bit of crack. I'm just trying to think of a question. That'll come to me. We'll talk about other things. And then at some point today, maybe uh, about 40 minutes in, we'll give away another jersey. That's great. All you need to do is subscribe. And if you're subscribing, there we go. See, there is somebody else in here with me. It's not just me. So this is the Shamrock top. Now, it's a much better green than that. But it just shows you how peely wally I look when you look at that. It's emerald green. Right, uh, but in real life, it's much much better looking. And um, we've got the embroidered badge, old school. This nice. is based, obviously, on the 1950s and 1960s Shamrock jersey that Celtic wore, and they never ever wore it under Jock Steen. The last time they wore it was the final game managed by Jimmy McGrory. So there oh, you nice. go. So we've done a wee concept kit. This will be going out to someone today. I've not decided what the question is. I might even let JP come up with a question. And the first correct answer will win the jersey. All right, there we go. I can give you one. I can give you one. Uh, but we'll be glad you do it now. But I've, I've just thought of one. It's related to something we were talking about before we came on here. Right, uh, we'll give it about 10 minutes and you can throw it out there. Hi. By the way, just on the subject of strips, did you see that? Uh, there was somebody... There was one of these tw- Twitter accounts that are just, you don't know who they are. They're just, you know, there's like Highland Paddy and Ordinary Boy and all that. But somebody tweeted a picture of a game where Celtic were playing a team and they got made to wear orange socks. 
you're yeah. going to know this. You're bound to know this, you know, football strip staff. What, 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 what game was it? Leeds United, European Cup semi-final. Yes. And uh, the two away kits, the two change kits that, that Celtic could have taken the socks for from Leeds were orange or blue. So they've obviously mm-hmm. gone for orange. And Jockstein said something along the lines of that uh, once the floodlights shine on them, uh, they'll look gold. So it'll be like green, white and gold. But they had to wear these kind of dark orange socks against Leeds United down at Elland Road. The pictures were brilliant. Like whoever it was, whatever account it was that shared it, the, the pictures were absolutely amazing. Just to see, I just like I've ne- you know, obviously never seen it before, and and like they, they were really good quality pictures as well with the crowd in the background and all that. It was, it was class. Remember, we brought back the black socks for a wee while. Remember that yeah. for the home yeah. kit, it never really worked, did it? Nah, it doesn't look right. It's it got to be right. white. In fact, I quite like the hoop socks as well. Anyway, we digress. We digress. There is so much more to discuss. We'll need to talk about Wraith Rovers, right? So, obviously, I'm a Pfeiffer. Uh, maybe not, obviously. Perhaps it is. I've been called a tutor enough times on this channel. Um, I'm a Pfeiffer, and 27 years ago, one of my local clubs uh, beat us in the Coca-Cola Cup final. It was a shocker. Um, they've never been back to the quarterfinals of the League Cup since 1994. I hope that's not an omen. But we mm-hmm. face them tonight in the quarters um, of what is now the Premier Sports. I never go with the sponsors' names. It's the League Cup for me. It used to be the Coca-Cola Cup. Um, now, and if you want to... Skull Cup. The Skull Cup. Yes, Skull I remember Cup. that well. Hagar the Horrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, if you check the State of Mind YouTube channel out which is the one that you're going to subscribe so that you can comment and then win the Shamrock jersey later uh, we have interviewed three Wraith Rovers players over the last 12 months we've, we've interviewed former Celt Robbie Thompson he's a goalkeeper who I think will be on the bench um, we've also spoken to a fantastic young player called Lewis Vaughan who's a goal scorer who's come back from a double cruciate ligament uh, injury and he's back in amongst the goals and Ross Matthews, who's a, a kind of holding midfield player. So there are three Wraith Rovers interviews on our channel if you want to check them out from three particularly good players. Um, now, manager John McGinn, we know, uh, McGlynn rather, John McGinn, I kind of get him out of my, main, my mind. John McGlynn, uh, we know all about him as well, JP. He's worked with Ronnie Dyla and Brennan Rogers at Celtic within the, the, the scouting department. So far this season, played 11, won seven, drawn one, lost three. They knocked Aberdeen out of the last round and what I'm going to ask you based on what we've just seen on the weekend is it a potential banana skin or are we facing Wraith Rovers at the best possible time where we're fired up to prove to the Celtic fans that that isn't going to be the state of play this season uh, well as a as a supporter because uh, that's what I am uh, I'm, I'm I, I wanted to go to this game to try and Banish Sunday out of my mind. So if I am as a supporter, I'm wanting to do that. Then I, I really, really hope the players are, you know, at another level of wanting to do that and 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 banish Sunday from their from their, mem- their recent memory because you've got an opportunity now to play at Celtic Park. You know, you've got the the, the big pitch. You're 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 back where you know you've done damage in recent weeks. Uh, you know, six nils and the likes. Don't care if it's a six nil tonight or not. I just want to see the team playing well. If the mm-hmm. team play well and we win one nil, I'm happy with that. You know, I just want to see us back on the horse, so to speak. And uh, obviously concerned that you know, I mean, I, I watched a little bit of that Rangers game last night, and Livingston, you know, 
nil nil at half time, you know, and obviously they got the first goal, and then that, that, that kind of changed the psychology of the game, and and then Livingston just decided to, you know, completely capitulate and give them the ball a couple of times actually before they actually got their second goal. So I mean, these games, it's a big game for for Rafe Rovers. They'll you know be well aware of the past in terms of what they're predecessors did 20 I can't believe it was 27 years ago by the way that's absolutely yeah. um, but uh, yeah they'll be aware, aware of that aware of that um, and they'll be you know looking to make a name for themselves I just we, we just need our, our, our big players to, to show up and, and show why they've been signed for Celtic and, and do it do it for the manager as well because I think I'm pretty sure that, that they're you know all on board with Postacoglu judging by Christie's comments you know, from he's the guy that's left, obviously. But I read his comments. He didn't need to say what he said. You know, he said, you know, I, I really, I was a bit sad that the timing of this was that I didn't get more time to to play under Ange Postecoglou because I, I, I like him and mm-hmm. I think I think he's going to do well and things like that. So Christie didn't need to say that. Um, so you'd like to think that the 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 squad mentality is good, um, regardless of the result on, on Sunday. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm going in tonight optimistic, and uh, I know that the, there's obviously the, the the bad omens from the League Cup final in '94. Which, by the way, there they are. That's mine and my dad's tickets from that night. Uh, I, I was in the what was in the Copeland Road stand, so I was in the stand behind the goal that the penalties weren't taken into. So I was looking at the other side of the ground. Mm. When McStay missed the whole of that stand to my right, that was all the Rafe Rovers fans, and I just saw it in the corner of my eye, just go like that, and it, like you could just see everybody in unison all jump, and then everybody just slumped and walking out of the ground, and they just kept playing that Coca Cola theme over and over and over again. The stars will always shine, the birds will always sing, as long as there is Coke, there's always the real thing. And I, every time I, if I ever hear that now, I just think straight away, sports you back. Oh, I, I, and I remember being in the car on the way home. And I didn't speak to my dad. <laughs> I was just sitting, just sitting with my head in my hands, like, like completely. Uh, uh, you know, I was, I was in a, in a bad way. But um, to counter that, that strip is the strip that we were wearing when we beat Rafe Rovers in the League Cup on this day in 2015. And there's your question. Ten minutes ago, that was ten minutes. So uh, there's your question: Who scored the goals? That day, uh, when we here uh, we go, here we go. right? Let's um, get stuck in about the comments section. Who scored the goals when Celtic last faced Wraith Rovers six years ago and won two 0 Who scored Celtic's goals? I just I can almost hear people frantically going into the Celtic wiki. Right, here's the first but, answer on on Celtic wiki. By the way, that there's some brilliant power. I, I think this is great that he's included. He or she has included comments from Kerrydale Street at the time. <laughs> and uh, the suave boy of Kerrydale Street, absolutely dire. We got the job done and we go into the half of the next round. Um, what else? Uh, uh, <laughs> to edit, to add, Callum McGregor is not good enough to merit a start ever again. Wow. <laughs> he should be punted at the earliest opportunity, along with the bright spark that gave him a five-year contract. <laughs> no harm to the boy, but he's P-I-S-H. Wow. 
<laughs> wow, that's incredible. I wonder what it would have been like during the Jockstein's time, you know, if, if yeah. we had social media. It would have right. gone into meltdown because you've just got this vision that they all played tremendously well every single week. Um, but when you speak to people who were at the games and they're going about wee jinky getting a hard time and having a bad running form, you're thinking, no, that, well, that, no, didn't, no, that yeah. didn't happen. Surely that didn't happen. <laughs> Get rid of them. Uh, right. Somebody else right. said, I suppose the most important thing is that we are only three wins away from winning a trophy. At this, but this competition is well past its sell-by date, which I agree with, by the way. That is mental that we could win tonight, play one more game, and then we're in the final. That's, that's not a cup. That's not a cup. For me, For me, that's not a cup. That, that's... That's like a, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense. Anyway, sorry, carry on. No, no, you know, I, I get what you mean. Um, now, unless someone wants to come in and tell me that someone answered this earlier, Patrick McFarlane, was he right? Yeah, there you go. Good. Now, get in touch with me, please, and tell me where you live, and I'll get the jersey sent out. It is a Celtic Shamrock jersey for the 1950s and 60s, but it does have the Axom crest. It's a one-off. We're not making these to sell them. It's a concept jersey. We gave away a couple yesterday. We've given away another one. And when I'm on the show, on the bulletins, I'm going to be doing this kind of thing. I think it's good to get people involved. Um, and it brings up, it sparks up memories of people like Commons and Johansson. Um, and we could spend a wee bit of time talking about them. But you know what? There's loads of other things to talk about. Chris Commons, I've not heard much for him lately. Um, he kind of fell out of favour with Celtic fans when he went into punditry. Uh, where is he these days? Is he still sticking about in every opportunity? Or I don't know. Uh, he wasn't popular among uh, some of the people that I sit with anyway. Uh, my friend Craig used to say, oh, he's only good for a goal. He never does anything else. He only, all he does is score. I'm like, well, <laughs> quite a lot. So, um, but, you know, I, yeah, he might, he might not have been the greatest player ever to play for Celtic, but... I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. He did give us a lot of good moments. Um... I, I don't. I, I kind of it, it, it saddens me when players, you know, go into the media and you know just obviously try and make a, a name for themselves and just and yeah, yeah, do put the boot in. I mean, they put the boot into everybody, but it's kind of it stings when it's like you know you're getting the boot put into you by a guy that's worn the Celtic shirt. You know, you can uh, take it. You can take it, JP, if it's not agenda driven. You can take mm. it if they're not just being shock jocks, you know. Mm. And I think that's where there's a difference between the, the the sensationalism a lot of the time of what some of these ex Celtic players say. Mm. And then guys like Chris Sutton, who, mm. you know, he'll stick the boot in, but he'll also stand up for Celtic. And mm. a lot of the, the people that he stuck the boot into, he was right. You know, he mm. was actually right. Um <laughs> And then sometimes he's been proven wrong and, he, and he'll step down as well. So I think it's all about whether or not there's an agenda uh, that you're driving. And if it's because this is your view 
and this is the reason why it's your view, then that's fine. But sometimes, as you say, people are taking a nibble just for the sake of it, just so that they know they'll get the reaction. Uh, and they know that they're going to get a, a negative reaction. Anything I've ever said or, or done, and I'm not putting myself in the same bracket as these pundits, I've never ever done it because I know it's going to get a negative reaction, JP, because it's not that nice when you say something that then gets a negative reaction. So I would never do it on purpose. But I think a lot of these people do. They know they're, they're basically throwing a grenade in and they're just going to watch watch the thing explode. Um, Mr McFarlane, you can get in touch with me on social media. Um, you can tweet, Facebook message, or just email me directly, pauljohndykes at gmail.com. And on the back of that, quite a few of our listeners did get in touch. So thank you very much for doing that. Um, and, you know, people from Bahrain and Australia and various other places, I will get back to every individual email that comes in uh, because it's all Celtic-related, JP. It's all about talking about Celtic. And some of these people can't watch the show live because they're in a different part of the world. Yeah. And we want to be able to get you to engage. But here's a thing that we're going to do as well, which I was talking about last week. You know the people that are buying the merchandise on the, the website? Because obviously that's one of the ways that we're able to to uh, finance what we're doing. Um, we're going to invite them all uh, into bulletins like this, where it's a kind of behind closed doors bulletin, so they can actually come in with two or three of the pundits, JP, and get involved in a proper bulletin, but it, we won't put it out live just in case, all right? Um, but the, <laughs> and we'll probably get like one or two at a time to come in and chew the fat about Celtic with two or three Axom contributors. And then we'll edit it if edits are required and then fire it on the YouTube channel. But it just allows people who are supporting the channel to get that wee bit back. Actually, in you come. And uh, if you can come into the studio, even better. But if not, we'll deal you in. Uh, so, yes, I've kept you up on the screen. Well done. You've won the prize. Get in touch and thanks for supporting a Celtic state of mind. Now, we've been talking about Wraith Rovers. We've got to have a wee chat uh, about tonight's game. Um, Celtic, sometimes you don't know what Celtic you're going to get. Uh, and sometimes that happens all in the same game. We've seen that a few times in Europe. I'm looking at the, the lineup and what I'm going to do, JP, I'm going to give you what I would play and my rationale behind it. And if there's anybody in here that I'm unaware of that can't actually play tonight for any number of reasons, give me a shout. So a part of this team is playing it safe, but another part is squad management, giving some guys a rest, but also just trying to give others some game time so that when you're in a European game, you're not looking at your bench and seeing two or three guys that have never kicked a ball for Celtic. So I'm starting with Joe Hart and he's the captain for me tonight. I would never make the error of throwing in Scott Bain, for example. I've seen that happen before in cup games, JP, but I just think tonight, no, that's not what we want. You know, you want Joe Hart in there. I mean, another couple of good saves against Livy at the weekend, you know, yeah. added to the five that he made against Betis. I'd bring back Tony Ralston. I think he was unlucky to lose his space because he was ill. Uh, I'd bring him back. I just think we need um, his drive, his dig, um, in a game like tonight, we need to get back to basics in that respect. And Juranovic, I, I would actually put Juranovic on the bench. I would bring in Adam Montgomery. I think he was a guy that I wanted to see on Sunday. I think that he's um, he's a fearless young man at this moment in time, as a lot of young players are when they come into the team. He's not scared to run at players, but he does have the defensive um, attributes as well. And I don't think so far from what I've seen, 
uh, and I've only seen Bolingoli play in one game this season, that Bolingoli and Juranovic are uh, being deployed as effectively in this inverted fullback role as Montgomery and Ralston have mm. been. And that was another reason that I would have made the change on Sunday. So that's how I would set up. In the central defensive area, what I would do is Carter Vickers is one of the first names on the team sheet for me at the moment. He's your first choice centre-back. The question is, do you rest Welsh? It's not so much resting Welsh. I would like Liam Scales to come in and get a game. Uh, I'd like to see him playing in his favourite position, which is the left side of the centre half. Um, and we need to try and get games in these guys' legs, JP, for the eventuality of another couple of injuries and you're going to throw them in. Let's not throw them in. Let's get them bedded in properly. The midfield, people might disagree with this. I'm going to, I'm going to keep James McCarthy in if he's fit to play because there's nothing worse than not playing your best and then getting dropped. It's going back to the, be- the, the point you made you just want to get back into this here. I think it's the same for a player who's not performed that well. Yeah. You know, don't don't drop them. Get them back in. Um, and I think Liam Shaw has been described by our very own Alan Morrison previously as a Joe Ledley type player, that old fashioned box to box type. And I think that he'll be doing the running and McCarthy will be doing the shutting down if necessary. Um, and by the way, he's no slouch himself, McCarthy going forward. I would keep Turnbull in again. I don't think he's on the best running form, but that's why I wouldn't drop him. Uh, and I'd play him as my number 10. On the right-hand side, Yota, from what I've seen, he's more effective on the right, and I think Abada has been pretty poor uh, over the last two or three games that he's played. And I'm going to play Mikey Johnson on the left-hand side because it's it's now or never for me when it comes mm. to Mikey Johnson. I know he wasn't great when he came on, but that's because he'd been out for ages. He's just coming back from injury. He needs game time. Give him an hour tonight and then maybe think about that change, Yota back on the left, Abada coming in. And of course, Ayeti on the... Uh, as a lone striker because he's the only one we've got although I think Iacomakis might be on the bench tonight so that's my thinking tonight JP bit of experience um, bringing back a couple of guys that I think we can rely on and giving debuts to the two Liams and Sean Scales at centre half and centre mid what's your thoughts and, and how would you shape up this evening? Uh, I mean if, if we want to go back and I've got the team from that that game six years ago sitting here next to me so Gordon was in goal. I think he was the number one choice at the time. Pretty sure he was. He must have been. Sadie Yanko at uh, right back. Uh, Where's he now? Where is Sadie Yanko? He, he did not end up at a decent, quite a decent club. I think it he was did. Not he's, had a couple, he's had a couple of decent moves. He's obviously oh, yeah. got. He's got the same agent as uh, Kazim Richards. <laughs> he always he always manages to get a good move. Effie uh, Ambrose. Uh, who's at St Johnston now uh, Tyler Blackett uh, wow. uh, a, a young upstart prodigy by the name of Kieran Tierney who I mean at that point six years ago I mean that's that's like not long after his first game Scott Brown Stephen Johansson Cal McGregor <laughs> who um, I was obviously not uh, <laughs> didn't enamour a fan and a uh, a positive way, Chris Commons, Gary McKay, Stephen, and Nadia Chifchi. Oh, I think well, I think the team I've read out is maybe even better than the one you've just read out there. Yeah, so I mean, like that. I mean, apart from maybe McKay, Stephen, and Chifchi, that was a kind of well. Again, the defence is probably not wasn't it? The, the the bench was Izagiri, Stokes, Rogic, Lustig, Bay, Forrest, and uh, Aidan Nisbet, who made his debut that night. Um, so. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, honestly, like, as I said before last week, you know, it's kind of hard to second guess Ange Postigoglu because he's 
he's he's not really he, he's all he's just in the door. He's not got a settled side. Who knows who he can trust yet? You know, can he trust these guys to come in and make debuts uh, in a game like this when the pressure's on? Um, where's Starfelt? Is Starfelt back in the reckoning? Um, McCarthy, you're having a giraffe. No, I, 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 I do think McCarthy should start on on the basis that you want him to have a game to flush that out of his system, to flush Sunday out of his system. And like, he's not going anywhere, JP. He's not like on a six-month loan. He's here for four years. You know, I know, I know, I know, and and yeah, you need to you need to play your way out of that. And whether it was the pitch, whether it was the formation, whether it was the opposition, I have no idea what why bit of fitness, bit of fitness with the COVID as well. Yeah, potentially. I I, I mean, he, he he really really didn't look like a a Premier League player. You know, on Sunday it was it was it was it was awful at times for him. But you know, everybody knows that he's a good player and has played at a really high level. We just all hope and pray that he can get back to that at Celtic. So there's no point in binning him on the basis of that. Well, what's he going to do? Go into some sort of football or rehab, you know, where he like relearns the game. The only way you can get back at it is by playing another game. And, um, you know, obviously if he plays tonight and has another nightmare, then we're maybe having a different discussion. But um, I think he's got to be given the opportunity to come back in tonight. The rest of the team... Can't really argue with that. I'd like to see Mikey Johnson given a chance as well. If if he's fit enough to start, then he probably should start because Yota and Abada didn't really set the world on fire on Sunday to the point that if you were taking a jersey off them and giving it to Mikey Johnston, that it would be a bad thing for them. You know, like to 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 not have uh, to not to not play again. You know, it's it's one of those ones where it's like you weren't going to take the jersey off Ralston to give it to Juranovic because Ralston was playing really well. Whereas Yota and Abada, you know, it's from Sunday's game that was kind of one and the same, really. They didn't really offer that much. So uh, Johnston could come in. I would like to see Montgomery at left back. I don't want to see Bob Ngoli at left back. I don't know why he was brought back in on Sunday. I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I know a lot of people are willing to give him another chance. And, you know, his only crime was being amorous or whatever. And it's like, no, his, his crime was... <laughs> His crime was that he went against everything that everybody was being told to do at that time and went away to another country. It's just still discipline, absolutely. And and, and risked and, and risked our uh, health of our squad and then the games goes postponed as a result of his actions. I, 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 I know that we're always being taught to forgive, but, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I just, I can't, that, that level of, you know, impudence, if that's the word, and uh, I, I it's not, no, not for me. That was at the time as well where, you know, we, we actually thought he was going to get Scottish football shut down again, you know, when these mm. things were happening because, mm. you know, it had already uh, been closed down the previous year. We had just started getting back into playing. We knew mm. the fans weren't going to be back, but you were just waiting for that announcement on a Thursday to say, right, we're going to we're going to lock it down again, and then all these wee things were were adding to to that concern, JP. You know, so it, it is something I was going to bring up in terms of ball and golly. Um, but there is a, a a kind of left field request here, and we'll see what people on the chat think. Uh, this is from someone on the other side of the globe. I understand the Celtic Rangers history, but question: Do fans ever mix socially and leave football, religion, politics aside? Now. JP, I'll ask you that question first. Do you have friends who are Rangers fans? 
Yes, of course I do. You do. And when I mean, you meet up with them, I mean, what what's the chat? I mean, is it always Celtic Rangers chat? No, no. I do you know what? I got a Facebook memory um, uh, recently. You know, these Facebook memories come up, and uh, one of them was uh, <laughs> it was I'd put a post up saying the 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 social experiment of watching a Celtic Rangers game with Gavin Marshall um, is one that I won't repeat. <laughs> um, so I watched the game. I watched an actual Celtic Rangers game. Must have been a game at Ibrox where I couldn't get a ticket with Gav, and I'm pretty sure Rangers won. And it wasn't a pleasant experience um, because he's not shy in letting you know, you know, what what's happened and everything else. So, and I and back in the day, before I was a season ticket holder in the sort of mid nineties, I, I used to go to my friend Colin and Paul's, the brothers, both Rangers fans, and I. You know, it would be me and Ian Shaw uh, and Joe sometimes as well. And we, we would be the Celtic fans and they would be the Rangers fans. We'd watch it together in the living room um, and never got nasty or anything like that. You know, we were really, really close, good pals. You know, we just, just did that. I mean, as for mix, mixing socially, I, you're not likely to find me in the Loudoun Tavern anytime soon or... or uh, any mums out that way, <laughs> put it that way. Um, but you know, I, I got I got mates that are Rangers fans, and you know, I, I I I don't think it's an issue. I think I think it is an issue with the extremists in the in in the group um, who wouldn't entertain having a pint with someone called John Paul. Maybe they'd be happy that my son name's Mason, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, brilliant No, good question uh, Very interesting question And thanks for filling us in there, uh, JP But when we are looking at the Mikey Johnson situation Robert Highland comes in He reckons that Mikey should be moved on And I think, to be honest with you Between now and January is a massive, massive period of time In Mikey Johnson's Celtic career And indeed his football career, JP Because a lot of these young players come in They show some great promise A lot of Celtic players reckon he's the most skillful player at, at, at the club um, but if he doesn't make an impact, you do start wondering if he's got any kind of long-term career at Celtic. Yeah, you do. I, I mean, because he's been one of these guys that's kind of, there's always these guys that come through and kind of threaten to do well, and you kind of think, right, but then you think back, it's been, what, three or four years now that he's been threatening to do well and not actually become a first-team regular and, you know, contributing on a regular basis. So, maybe punting him in January is a bit harsh I think maybe give him the season but like you say between now and January is a key time because we, we've got all the players that we've got there's not there's nobody else is coming in so you'd think with the level of games that we're going to be playing between now and then and the relative experience that he has as a Celtic player versus the likes of Jota or Abada mm-hmm. you know he, he has experience whether whether it's something that we should all be happy about that he is an experienced, a guy like Mikey Johnson who's not played a lot of games is an experienced member of the squad that he is and he's been to these grounds, he knows he knows the kind of the lay of the land, so to speak. So, I, I mean, yeah, we just have to wait and see. Uh, he has looked good at times and he's got, you know, he's got pace and he can, he can beat a man. Um, it's, just, it's just about whether or not he does it with an end product. Um, by the way, you know who that is in that picture? The Roberts profile picture. Do you know who that is? The cartoon? I know the actual, ma- it's from a magazine, isn't it? It's Mad Magazine. And Mad the guy Magazine, yeah. It's Alfred E. Newman. 
And my my uncle used to read Mad Magazine, had Mad Magazines all the time. Mad and Viz, that's what he, <laughs> uh, that was his thing. So it's weird seeing that. I've not seen that face for a long, a long, long time. I, I'm impressed with your, your knowledge there, I've got to say. Now, uh, the point I would make just on what you said, JP, Aldi is from Australia. You're just wondering how much hatred there is. What I would say on that point is if anyone that I knew was so extreme in their view against Celtic or religion or politics, if they had extreme views, they wouldn't be your friends. You wouldn't associate with them. So what I tend to find is that uh, me and anybody I know who are Celtic fans who um, have associates who support Rangers, that answers your question. They're Rangers fans, so they're not bigots. So, you know, if they were a bigot, and, you know, it goes without saying, and it all walks of life, if someone was a bigot, you wouldn't associate with them anyway, JP. Mm. So I think that is probably the best way that I would look at that that question. Now, with regards to the comments about uh, me saying that James McCarthy should start tonight and, and play out of this this form, we're calling it form, it's one game. I mean, he only had three cameo appearances before that. I would ask the question, if it's not McCarthy then who are the midfield players? Who do you play? Do you do you play with Sorrow, Turnbull and Rodgick? Because I don't know if, if Turnbull and Rodgick is the best option to play them both at the same time. I think that's becoming pretty clear. And then again, you start realising, JP, that there is a real dearth of options in the midfield area. So I've gone for McCarthy Shaw with Turnbull playing as a number 10. What really are the other options? I mean, Sorrow would be on the bench. But you're running out of options after that. Rogic might be your number ten. I don't think uh, Sorrow Turnbull Rogic is a good a good mix um, either. I mean that just shows you how uh, thin and threadbare your squad is at the moment, doesn't it? Despite what I said about Near Beaton, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be averse to Near Beaton playing in midfield tonight if that was if that was you know where his hands were tied towards you know like. Uh, Beaton is 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 a he's a, an international midfielder. I'd far rather see him playing midfield than than uh, centre half. And in a game like tonight, if you were struggling in midfield, if he, I wouldn't like I said, I wouldn't be averse. It was just the the reason I was being critical of of, of Beaton as a substitute coming on on Sunday was like that wasn't what we needed on Sunday. Near Beaton wasn't what we needed um, to come on and try and you know, rail and win that game. Um, but possibly to start tonight, it would be an option. But I would far rather uh, James McCarthy played so that we, well, one, so that I can get a close look at him as a as a supporter, you know, just to see, to watch him off the ball. You know, I don't think I've really, apart from Sunday, I've not had an opportunity really to see him play. And I never really saw him play that much in, in England because I didn't watch too many games that he was involved with. Um, uh, with with Crystal Palace or Everton, is it as well? Is it, is it Everton? Everton, it? Wigan, yeah. Crystal Palace. Yeah, I, I didn't watch a lot of their games, so I, I haven't got a, a massive, you know, database of knowledge of 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 the guy and and, and his career. So I'm just going to judge him on what he does in a Celtic shirt. And right now, <laughs> he's he's not doing too great, but it's early days, um, and games like tonight is a game where he can sort of rebuild that confidence and to anybody saying oh, you can't start McCarthy when do you start McCarthy did you just bin him you just, is, that, is, that his, is that his Celtic career over then because he, he had a bad game at Livingston <laughs> like, the whole team didn't play well against Livingston oh. it just, 
Remember, just, Julian, Julian had a nightmare at Livingston. I, I know, I know, and 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 you know, they were people, praying for his return. Uh, well, I, I mean, I'm praying for his return, not like primarily for his defense. Well, yeah, for his defensive attributes, but we get so many corners and do nothing with them. At least yep. Julian there is there as a tall presence to win a. He's an easy target, you know. Like I, I've never played football at a high level, and I never will, sadly. But you know, I take corners sometimes when we're playing sevens. I took corners on Tuesday night, and you know, we had a big guy Echen in our team, and all you do is just aim for the big guy. That's it. It's as simple as that. And if you've got somebody that's taking corners a lot more than I have ever done, then if you've got Julian in the box as a target, then you do that, and you know, probably got a good chance of scoring. Whereas at the moment. We've wasted so many corners. Mm. They just sailed over, and or you know, like the, those short corners. I'm not a fan of, but yeah, I, I think you know Julian coming back. So I, and I, after Julian's quote unquote nightmare at Livingston, I wasn't calling for him to be dropped in the next game or or binned or anything like that. You know, so I think people have to have a bit of compassion and cut cut people some slack. You know, and he's just in the door, um, and then we can make a judgment on him you know, by mid-season or the end of the season or whatever, but not after one game. There's a couple of really good comments that I'll bring up, but on the subject to Julian, before I do that, um, from what I've seen, and I know he's not played a great deal of games, uh, Carter Vickers is your first choice centre-half at the moment. Um, some people might uh, like Welsh playing alongside him, Starfelt when he comes back. When Julian returns, is he... You're, is he straight in the team? Does he go in uh, beside Carter Vickers? I know people will say, you know, you'll play the team to face the opposition, etc. But you've got an idea of your, your first pick 11, JP. And we're, we're kind of thinking Julian comes back, can't wait for him to come back and he'll get thrown in. Is that the case, do you think? I mean, it depends how the team's playing at that point. So he's due back after the next international break, which... Some do need to tell me when that is. I don't know if how. I don't know at what point in October that is. It maybe is it the weekend of the tenth? Because um, I remember I was going through my diary recently, and there was no Celtic game that weekend. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's that weekend. So depending on the games leading up to that and how the defence is played, um, will determine whether or not he comes straight back in. But if you're asking me what my preferred centre half pairing is, and um, based on what I've seen in the past and also this season it would be Carter Vickers and Julian at centre half but mm. I, I, you know you've got a guy whose pedigree is from Spurs and has played with Spurs as an international is you know if we were to buy Carter Vickers what sort of fee are you talking you know you're talking serious money I would imagine mm-hmm. we paid 7 million for Julian and I know it's not all about monetary but Usually, monetary means that they're the better players. So, uh, if you're going to be completely cold-hearted and ruthless about it, then they are the two starting centre halves. Whether or not that's good enough for us, I, I really hope it is. But yeah, I'd agree with that. I would agree with that. I'm going to bring some of these comments up before we get on to the third Anton that we've mentioned in the show. Um, firstly, we have a couple of really good suggestions. Lanky67 reckons that uh, McCarthy shouldn't play, uh, but Henderson should get the shout with Turnbull and Shaw. Henderson seems to have been uh, out of the picture recently. Uh, well, you see his brother shot last night? I think it was oh, last didn't night. actually. No, oh, he nearly scored an absolute world. He, he took it in midfield and then rattled the crossbar from about, must must have been about 60 yards or something like that. 
Like, always liked Liam Henderson. I did. Yeah. Uh, he always. It was a shame. It was a shame. But you know, he's doing okay for himself, isn't he? Yeah, uh, in, in nicer climbs. Will McMillan sorrow isn't McCarthy class? Uh, you reckon? And here's one from Danny Payton. Essentially. McCarthy plays 90 minutes tonight. He is way off the pace. And the only way that he'll get up to speed is minutes on the pitch. So this is ideal. And I think that I'm not disrespecting opposition. It's a safer environment at home against mm. a club who are a league below you. To play McCarthy, if it goes wrong, you've got an option on the bench to, to swap it. Hopefully, Ange doesn't wait 72 minutes to make the change, though. Um, so, yes, I was mentioning earlier on uh, Anton McElhone, which brought up memories of... Anton Rogers, but the real Anton that I want to speak about is Anton Rogan. Now, uh, Anton Rogan obviously was uh, a Celtic player uh, when I first started going to the games in 1987. He was what could be described as a cult hero. Um, we did a thing, we did a poll a couple of years ago and Anton Rogan was in most people's cult teams, JP. Now, he played for a spell when he was at Oxford Oxford United with uh, Mickey Lewis, who unfortunately and sadly passed away earlier this year uh, due to lung cancer at the age of 56. Now, there's a fundraiser at the moment ongoing, and the one and only Anton Rogan is raising funds for that Mickey Lewis Memorial Fund by dyeing his hair pink. So that's what Anton's doing. And what I've done is I've put a link underneath the video that will take you to the GoFundMe page and they're sitting at just under 24 grand raised for um, cancer charities. So I think that's tremendous. Uh, Get on there, support Anton, uh, who is dyeing his hair pink. I think he had a kind of strawberry blonde look about him, didn't he, JP? Back in the day, Anton Rogan. Yeah, he looked resplendent in the centenary kit. Uh, I remember remember him well with... uh, Overly short shorts, which they all had to wear at that time, as was the, as was the fashion. Um, but uh, you should uh, you should get an interview with Anton Rogan. That'd be good. Or have you done I'd it? love to speak to Anton. I've, that's a player I've never spoken to. Is Anton Rogan? I'd love to speak to him. I yeah. think he runs a taxi firm down south, I believe. Uh, going back to one of the other players that uh, was mentioned earlier on, Sadie Janko is now with Real Valladolid. I know I'm probably not pronouncing that too well. Um, having spent a couple of loan spells at Nottingham Forest and Young Boys, he's oh, yeah. also played for Porto Saint Etienne. Um, as well, and he was at Celtic having signed from Manchester United, so I think he's gone on and played pretty well um, and got a few decent moves. Just before we go, Ramon Vega was on Celtic, a Celtic state of mind earlier on this year, and he said a few things that didn't really get much traction. One of them was that he wouldn't mind uh, coming back as a CEO. He's back in the news because he's obviously seen an opportunity to, to bring this one back up. Um, I don't think he will end up as Celtic CEO. He was a lovely fellow that day, and uh, I, love, I loved having a wee chat with him. If we do go down the route, JP, of promoting from within and making the move uh, for Michael Nicholson permanent, is it another sign, do you think, that... Uh, this club is resistant to change. Are we just going to uh, revert to type? That's a tough one. I, I, you know, these these guys that are behind the scenes at Celtic, you know, obviously don't really know them, don't know much about them. Um, we knew all about Dominic Mackay when he came in because it was so widely publicised and, you know, every aspect of his career was poured over and, it was all out there, you know, like what he'd done, you know, where he'd been, what, he, you know, obviously he told us at the, the, 
the fan pressers a bit bits about what he'd done and things like that. But you know, th- this guy that's currently acting CEO don't really know anything about him. He's not been he's not been dissected by the media in the same way that Dominic Mackay has been because he's just come from within and he's just a name that's been appointed as the current uh, acting CEO. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's obviously going to be trepidation now that we've attempted to appoint somebody from out with the football world and go for something a bit left field. Why that didn't work, I don't know. Um, there's all sorts of rumours, as we know, that, you know, this, that and the next thing. Um, so I... I hope it doesn't stop us, you know, being ambitious in terms of who we're looking at in terms of candidates. Mm-hmm. I don't know when and when this will happen. Like, when are they going to look to do it? You know, are they just going to kind of tick it over until January or till the end of the season? Even it's just I don't know. It seems it seems uh, it seems a, it's a really strange one. And it, when you actually stop and think about it and go, wait a minute, <laughs> that guy was only here for a matter of you know months. And when you were saying about him congratulating Celtic State of Mind for the awards uh, nominations, and then what days later he's gone, it's kind of like it's kind of it kind of feels like you're telling somebody you love them, and then a couple of days later, you know, you're like, um, I'm away with the next door neighbour or something like that. And I know I'm not suggesting that's what he's done, by the way, um, but I'm just trying to give a Kev Graham style analogy to to, to what's happened because you know. If you've checked out of something, you wouldn't really think that you would be, you know, getting involved, like getting in touch yeah. with yourself or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very, very strange one. I'm annoyed that that we don't know because we like to know everything about what's going on at the club, um, and we don't know it. We don't we don't know about that. It's all speculation. So um, before we go, by the way, I just want to say hello to the Toronto CSC. Um, I, I met someone who lived out there at Transmit uh, um, and he had been there during lockdown and said that the guys at the Toronto CSC meet to watch the games and they all watch a Celtic state of mind. So okay. it was quite, I was quite humbled to be <laughs> to be recognised by, uh, by somebody, uh, as a, as a, a friend of a friend um, who uh, came up and was just like, oh, you're... Uh, you're on that Celtic state of mind, don't you? I like, eh, aye. That's brilliant, so, JP. I love, I love to hear that. Love to no, hear no, that. Just, yeah, nice guy. Aye. So, brilliant. Aye. No, well, I cut you off last week because you were going to say it last week and it I cut you off. Well, I left it too late, so at least I've done it today, so... Listen, it's been a cracking show. Uh, JP and I will be uh, joined very soon. I'm not going to tell you who by, but we are going to have a regular on a Thursday to replace Declan McConville, who's now over on Tuesday presenting a Celtic State of Mind. Um, Well done uh, to the competition winner. It's Patrick McFarlane, who has won the Shamrock Celtic concept, Axon concept the jersey um, send me your address I'll get it sent out to you if you subscribe to a Celtic State of Mind on YouTube you will be in for prize draws if you're already subscribed you're already in you don't have to unsubscribe and come back in if you're a subscriber you're in the draw next month it's a signed Bobby Lennox um, framed print the month after that it's a framed signed Danny McGrain uh, Love Street jersey month oh, after that Danny McGrain's frame print. After that, Bertie Old frame jersey. We've got loads, loads to give away. So get in there and subscribe to A Celtic State of Mind on YouTube. It's always a pleasure. Uh, all that's left for me to say is thank you to JP Mason for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind.
It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.